Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews for 20 years. You can read all of my written work at that website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at the third film in the Divergent series. It's called Allegiant. It's a sci-fi action film, part of the YA properties from Veronica Roth's trilogy. It's going to be a tetralogy for the film series because they're splitting the third book, Allegiant, into two films. This one will be called Allegiant, and the next one will be called Ascendant. In my mind, at least one of these movies should just be called Redundant because we seem to be recycling a lot of the same themes over and over throughout all four of these movies. It's PG-13 rated because of intense violence and action, thematic elements, and some partial nudity. I don't remember when that partial nudity emerged, but (laughs) nevertheless, somebody saw something that I didn't see. The runtime is two hours and one minutes. The star is Shailene Woodley with supporting roles going to Theo James, Jeff Daniels, Ansel Elgort, Miles Teller, Naomi Watts, Octavia Spencer, Zoe Kravitz, and Johnny Weston. The director is Robert Schwenke, and the screenplay is by Noah Oppenheim, Adam Cooper, and Bill Collage. You know, at this point in the Divergent series, the makers of these films have decided that they have little chance of actually coming out of the shadow of the Hunger Games series to be thought of as anything more than a blatant coattails cash grab. As with the previous film, Insurgent, they've decided that the course that they want to take is a course of action, whereby the action elements of the story are beefed up, the special effects are pretty much nonstop, and and if they have any chance of grabbing an audience outside of Hunger Games stragglers, it's going to have to be among eye-candy aficionados looking for spectacle above story elements. The futuristic film opens with Naomi Watts' character, Evelyn, now in charge of the walled-in Chicago after the demise of Janine, and she's trying to provide justice for past sins against the members of Erudite by conducting public trials in which they're put to death at the whim of angry mobs. Those who think that Evelyn is merely a replacement for Janine in Machiavellian tactics splinter off into their own group, the Allegiant, led by Joanna, played by Octavia Spencer, Civil war is about to break out for control of the city, and soon everybody is in mortal jeopardy. Meanwhile, Triss and her cohort of rebellious heroes manage to scale the walls of the city to try to find something or someone that will remedy the situation in Chicago from the outside, eventually leading to an encounter with the Bureau of Genetic Welfare, led by a man named David, played by Jeff Daniels. David instructs Triss that their entire existence within the city has served as an experiment for the last 200 years in trying to purify the damaged genetics of humanity and that Triss's purity as a divergent means that the experiment is an unqualified success. However, with Triss's home and nearly everyone she cares about about to kill each other and an organization here in the Bureau that's supposed to be looking out for their well-being, showing that they might not be the benevolent rescuers she's hoping for, Triss is going to have to take matters into her own hands if she wants to fulfill that role of savior of humanity that she's been destined to be since birth. As with The Hunger Games, Mockingjay, the final book in the Divergent series, has been split into two films. Unlike the previous franchises that have done the same, Twilight and Harry Potter and, of course, Hunger Games, the result for Allegiant neither fleshes out the characters or their situations, nor does it give the storyline any more room to breathe. In actuality, director Robert Schwenke is determined to keep the breakneck pace of Insurgent and give us even more of it, filling up any potential chances for a quiet or 
introspective moment with more action moments, nasty confrontations, and special effects smorgasbords, to the point where it actually feels in a great hurry to cram everything in, even though it should have had more time to explore. And it doesn't really go anywhere except to set up the major battle that will surely take place in the final film of the series. Now, while the story is fairly scant, plot threads spew out, it threatens to suffocate the characters out with lots of cinematic plate spinning as if Schwenke were nervous that the entire series would fall apart if the audience were given even a moment of silence to reflect on how many ways the premise of the movie just does not make any logical sense whatsoever. I'll give you a little bit of a mild spoiler here. It doesn't have any effect on the outcome of the movie, but for those of you who don't want to know, skip ahead about a minute. The worst of these elements come from the revelation that the scientific experiment of the factions in Chicago are a success because Triss is pure. They're immediately undone by the revelation that Triss's mother, who is originally played by Ashley Judd, is actually from the fringe and not from the city. She decides to interject herself into the experiment, and I think that thereby negates any claims of proving that factions work when you have an outsider coming in and tampering with that experiment in order to produce the one thing that proves that factions work, it doesn't make sense at all. The rat's nest of the plotting makes the story, which should have been made more clear now that we're getting nearly four hours to understand it from two movies, all of the motivations of this post-apocalyptic society, they become even more indecipherable to explain as screenwriters Oppenheim, Cooper, and College, none of whom are credited to have worked on the prior entries in the series, merely throw plenty of narrative flotsam and jetsam overboard into our faces on the hope of not letting the ship sink before they get to their intended destination and set up for the fourth film. The only way that the plot moves forward is to have the characters reiterate pretty much everything we need to know from scene to scene about what they're doing to give us the semblance of logic on why they're doing whatever they're doing. Now, something needs to be said about the film's main asset, the special effects here, because there may be a case to be made that it's too much of a good thing in Allegiant. Not only does it seem far too incredibly advanced for a world that's supposedly still reeling from the entire planet nearly annihilated by war and strife, but there's also never a sense of marvel to any of it. Triss and company should be flabbergasted by the sheer spectacle that is the Bureau's locale, as well as the beaming city of Providence, but outside of their eyes growing just a slightly wider on their descent, they don't really comment much on the experience that there's far more to the world than they've ever realized, given that they were enclosed within the city, other than to be titillated by the weird shower contraption that's meant to cleanse them from the toxic environs outside. And even big special effects moments fall flat on their face. The sheer amount of effects that require a heavy amount of processing power to perform makes those effects look jittery and unconvincing from time to time, especially when they have to place the real-life actors into the shots. It looks very awkward. The laws of physics are also disregarded throughout the course of this movie. The hovering sky craft bob and weave and fly without any explanation on how they do this. And whenever a vehicle crashes, whether by land or by air, those humans that are involved in such major accidents that involve their craft rolling violently end over end end up emerging from them miraculously unharmed. A talented cast goes completely to waste in undemanding roles. Problems for these actors are further compounded by them having to act in front of green screens to special effects that are filled in later in the production process. And at times you can see the confusion in the eyes of the actors who are unsure of what they're supposed to be doing. And 
It gets to the point where even Oscar-caliber actresses like Naomi Watts and Octavia Spencer feel like they're acting in different movies altogether, despite appearing in the same scene on occasion. Meanwhile, Shailene Woodley, who's the main attraction for the franchise, gets little to do in this film but to ask a few questions before ultimately deciding that everything is awful in the world, and then she looks big-eyed in either fear or determination as she immediately gets involved in yet another rebellion against yet another political faction with another hidden agenda. Woodley is out of the picture far too often, leaving the wooden hunk Theo James or the comically hammy Miles Teller to take over entire sequences that barely register in excitement or interest. It's about as riveting as watching a blowout NFL football game in which the star players are benched in favor of giving more time to second and third stringers to finish out the final quarter. Now, while the action sequences and the semblance of social commentary are enough to keep the film at least watchable through the absence of suspense and the idiocy of its intent to merely placate genre fans... These YA franchises have finally taken its toll in terms of fatiguing audiences. After finally making it through the diminishing returns of the Hunger Games series, it's just exhausting to have to continue to watch a poor man's version of it for two more movies. So curses to whoever thought that the Divergent movies have the fervent fan base or the dramatic importance to deserve an extra couple of hours to explore the final book as... From all appearances, the makers of this movie are content to tread water for about 80% of it with completely superfluous through lines in the plotting. I'm looking forward to the next chapter in this series, Ascendant, about as much as I would an upcoming dental exam. I only want it to arrive just so I can finally get it behind me. Two and a half stars out of four goes to Allegiant. And two and a half stars out of four means that I do feel that it's lacking something vital that would make it at least worthwhile for people who aren't devout fans of either the film series or just these YA properties in general. It's just another reason to sell books and to sell movies and to try to give an audience out there that have a fervor, although diminishing now, something else to consume now that the Hunger Games series is done. Two and a half stars out of four for Allegiant, which is pretty much what I give all of the films in the series so far. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you did, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button to continue to get all of my podcasts downloaded into your podcast player on a mostly daily basis. Also, if you happen to be on iTunes or any place else where you can leave a review, I do encourage you to do that. Let other people know that this is a film review show that is worth their time to check out. The Quipster Film Review Podcast is the name. Also, if you happen to have any comments that you want to send to me directly, you can do so by going to my website and finding out my contact information. Quipster.net is is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net, where you can also find links to my Twitter feed and my Facebook page, and you'll always know when I post a new review. Until next time, I hope that you enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. 